to another Authentic Health Podcast. My name is Lacey and I'm your host, of course, and thank you for coming to another episode. Um, As you can see, we are going to be talking about which foods to incorporate into our diet to help support our hormones. So if you've been following me on social media or listening to this podcast, you know that I have been on my own hormone health journey, you know, getting my IUD out and just really learning how how to nourish my body and like the foods that I need to be having and just starting to learn my cycle and just, you know, being, being in touch with my own body. Um, so that's for another podcast. I'm kind of updating you guys on where that all is, but the more I study hormone health and just women's health in general, y'all nutrition and the food that we put in our body has such a big impact on every single aspect, like stress, Okay, let's look at your diet. Poor sleep, let's look at your diet. Um, We're not ovulating properly, properly, let's look at our diet. Yes, there are many, many things that factor into it, but honestly, our diet and just overall lifestyles together, like overall health and wellness, let's just put that in a group, affect your hormones more than I can even explain. Like everything hormone-related can be tied back to nutrition and lifestyle choices. So the more I study it for myself the more I'm fascinated about how freaking cool food is. Like, I just I just truly believe that nutrition is the coolest thing. Like, I remember when I was in college, people, people would be like, you're studying food, so, like, what do you do? Just cook all day? And I'm like, yes, we did have food labs and, you know, learned how, I don't know, f- certain foods reacted in an acidic versus, you know, a basic environment and all those things, you know, biochem, organic chemistry. We had all of those things, but we learn so much about nutrition, just how it affects your body. And honestly, the more I learn about women's health, it just is so freaking fascinating. So anyways, off my little soap box there, soap box. So yeah, soap box. Um, but anyways, so we're going to be jumping in to certain food specific and just talk about like food groups and kind of why we need them in our day-to-day lives for hormone balance. Um, And just creating a healthy um, environment in our body for our hormones to regulate regulate properly. Holy moly, you can tell I have not talked much today. I've actually been sitting at my desk getting a lot of um, computer work and things done. So to be honest, I haven't talked much today and you can clearly tell on this podcast. All right, let's jump into it. So I'm sure you guys have seen on some of the social media and things that I post that hormones affect everything. Like I'm not just talking sex hormones, like our ovulation, menstrual cycle, things like that, but also our digestion, our weight status, our sex drive, our stress, our sleep, our acne, literally everything, thyroid issues, um, cortisol regulation, like everything can be tied to some form of hormone regulation. So that's why it's so important to look at at things like overall wellness and big picture because you can't have healthy hormones without a healthy gut or you might see thyroid issues if your hormones aren't you know circulating right in in this pathway and then that metabolism and there's just there's a lot going on but there are definitely things that we all can do nutrition wise to help support these things um you don't always have to get on a medication or you don't always have to you know go that route we can do things in our lifestyle to support these so that's what we're jumping into So one of the very first ones we need to talk about is our cruciferous veggies. And I know everyone's like, well, duh, Lacey, fruits and veggies. But to be honest, how 
and I guess I'm speaking for myself, like it's hard to get veggies in. I mean, there are some days where I really am craving like a nice stir fry with like a ton of different veggies. But even when vegetables sound good, I have like a palette of four to five veggies. Like I'm not super adventurous with veggies. I actually don't even like asparagus. And so I feel like that's a big one Um, or like a common one. I don't even like asparagus. So when someone says like, oh yeah, I eat fruits and veggies. If you actually look at the diet, we may only have, you know, two to three that we circle through. Um, and that could, you know, not be great for our health because every single fruit and veggie, specifically like cruciferous, cruciferous veggies all have different micronutrients and they all play a purpose. And so we really do need to have a diverse, um, diet in these so that we get all of the micronutrients. Um, but the really cool thing about cruciferous veggies So that's going to be our Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, radishes, lettuce, spinach, cauliflower, bok choy. Uh, So there's some unique ones in there in our cruciferous veggies. So I want you to think those like leafy green. Um, Most of the time, the cruciferous veggies are labeled as kind of our veggies that most people don't want. Um, But in our cruciferous veggies, we have a phytochemical called indole-3-carbonyl. And why this is so cool is because when we chew foods or cut them up or just kind of get them going, this phytochemical is released and this helps our liver function properly. And our liver is what metabolizes our hormones. So for example, when you um, produce estrogen and it circulates through the body, when it's ready to be metabolized to then be excreted, it has to go through the liver. So if we're not supporting a healthy liver, then estrogen metabolism could be off. And so, yes, we need to do that through diet. And quickly, I have to say, of course, lifestyle choices. So like our drinking, things like that, that get metabolized through the liver, that's going to hurt our hormone regulation as well. But cruciferous veggies with this phytochemical can truly help. So trying to get these cruciferous veggies in our diet, cook them a different way, try new dressings on them, um, really just try to honestly incorporate them any way possible um, would be great. So number one is going to be our cruciferous veggies. Next, we have our healthy fats. And honestly, we healthy fats just need to be in our day every single life especially as females um excuse me healthy fats and let me break that down i i do want to say healthy fats because there are multiple different types of fats found in food so our healthy fats are going to be our poly and mono unsaturated fats so anytime you're looking at a nutrition label i want you to look for the word unsaturated and on a nutrition label under your fat category so you'll have your total fat and then you'll have a few lines under it. Um, Unsaturated fat may not be listed. Most of the time, saturated fat is listed, which is our unhealthy fat. Um, That one has to be listed. So if there's a total fat, let's say of 10, and maybe only three grams of saturated fat, that means that the other seven are coming from our unsaturated fat. So just a quick little nutrition label um, lesson there. Just because you don't see the unsaturated fat, doesn't mean it's not there. They just don't have to list it. Um, So unsaturated fat, our poly and our mono, are our super heart healthy fats. So that's going to be like our olive oils, avocado oil, chia seeds, flaxseed, whole avocados, nuts, seeds, um, and fatty fish, things like that. 
So again, super heart healthy and why we need these for um, hormone regulation, A, because healthy fats reduce inflammation in the body, but also these healthy fats are a backbone to building up our hormones. So if we have a really low diet and fat, our our healthy fats, our hormones are not going to be able to properly be built and to move around the body and to metabolize correctly. Um, And then also if we're not having these healthy fats, I mean, we could have heart issues and just a higher state of inflammation. Um, So like our saturated fats, which are not great for our body, um, those are going to be found in like super high fat meats. So like our red meats, pork, things like that, as well as a lot of um, packaged or like baked goods um, have saturated fat in them. So honestly, saturated fat is the one that tastes, you know, good in those sweets and, you know, those pies and cookies and cakes and things like that. Um, but they do, it does cause inflammation in the body. So especially when we're talking about incorporating foods that are, are really like hormone healing, healthy for our hormones, we really do want to look for that poly and mono unsaturated fat. So like an example of one of them, um, for our flaxseed, why someone would want to incorporate flaxseed is because because it's a great source of our lignans, which is a type of phytoestrogen, and this can help balance our estrogen levels. Um, So you could top flax seeds like on some yogurt, sprinkle it on your toast, um, put it in a smoothie and kind of just blend it up. I don't think they really have a taste. And so honestly, anytime, kind of think of it as like a seasoning or just kind of a topping, Um, just throw them in, you know, stir fries or in a lasagna or something. I don't know. Just throw them in places. Um, and then also with avocados, amazing source of unsaturated fat as well as fiber, which we'll talk about in a second. But avocados have plant sterols, which, which help regulate estrogen and progesterone, which then also helps our ovulation. So to have a healthy ovulation, whether you are trying to get pregnant or not, it's extremely healthy for a female to ovulate, um, regularly. And so, um, with the estrogen and progesterone, they do have to be in a healthy balance to have a healthy ovulation. So incorporating more of these healthy fats is a great place to start for hormone health. Um, another category I want to talk about is just having a variety of color in your diet. So this could be through you know whole grains, fruits, and veggies, anything that is naturally, you know, I always like to think of because I don't like the word whole foods necessarily or like not processed foods because technically frozen veggies is processed and like bread is processed and chopped apples is processed, you know? So I don't really like the word processed, but I really mean like whole foods and not like the fancy brand whole foods, just whole foods as in like apple versus applesauce or like um, nuts versus like a nut cracker or a cracker that has like chia seeds in it or something. Anytime you could really go for that, just like whole grain, whole fruit, whole veggie is going to be a lot more, um, hormone healthy for sure. And when we think of like eating a colorful plate, I want you to actually look at your plate when you make it or your meal and see how many different colors you have on it. Whenever a food is naturally colorful, so like an apple versus a banana or a potato versus sweet potato, those colors are different micronutrients in it. That's why it gives off a different color. And so when someone says eat the rainbow, 
It really means so that you can have a diverse palette of micronutrients. And actually, micronutrients, um, and so that could be like vitamin A, vitamin E, calcium, magnesium, things like that. They don't necessarily give our bodies calories like our macronutrients, which are carbs, fats, and proteins. But our micronutrients are used in so many pathways in our body, Um, how our muscles flinch during a workout or just like an automatic response, that muscle fiber has to use micronutrients Um, and also hormone metabolism. So when our estrogen is being metabolized, it has to go through methylation and that methylation is needed or is um, micronutrients are needed for that methylation, especially our B vitamins. And so if you are lacking in some of those micronutrients, you could have a poor methylation of your estrogen, which then could create estrogen dominance, and that could create some of those estrogen symptoms that you're seeing. And so it's just so interesting when you break it down to the to the core of what nutrition does in our body. It's not just to be a certain weight, or it's not just to, you know, post a picture on Instagram of a salad. Like these nutrients that we're putting in our body truly do affect so many pathways and especially when we're talking about hormone healing foods and just overall hormone health what you put in your body matters so much and that's just one example with the estrogen metabolism and the b vitamins that's just one example on such 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 a tiny scale like compared to our whole entire body um so That's why it's so important to eat different fruits and veggies, kind of switch up your palate um, just so you can have a diverse micronutrient palate. Um, And then lastly, kind of thing I want to touch on is our prebiotics and our probiotics foods. I feel like I used to hear about these words all the time and I just used to get so confused with them and I'm not really sure why, but I think everyone's just like probiotics, prebiotics, and they just throw them around. But what actually are they? So like I was saying earlier, everything is tied together. So our gut, our thyroid, our adrenals, our heart, our mouth, like everything works together. And so you truly, truly cannot have a healthy hormone balance without a healthy gut. Like there's, there's literally no way you have to start in the gut to then have a healthy hormone, you know, lifestyle or like a healthy hormone balance. Okay. And when you have these things in balance or when you work on the gut, you know, bowels start to move better, weight, you might see some weight loss because your body's, you know, metabolism is going, Um, you might see acne cleared up, things like that, stress levels, because everything really starts in the gut. So our prebiotic and our probiotic foods are for gut health. And so our prebiotics are fibrous foods that feed our healthy gut bacteria, And our probiotics are the actual good bacteria. And so we really need foods. So these prebiotic foods like garlic, asparagus, bananas, apples, artichokes, onions, and oats, those nice fibrous prebiotic foods then feed our gut's bacteria and it they feed off of each other. And so to have a healthy gut and a healthy microbiome so that our hormones can regulate properly and metabolize correctly and things like that, adding in these foods to your diet can really change how your gut is and that the health and the environment of your gut. So those foods are our prebiotics and those feed our probiotic, um, which is the good bacteria. But it's also good to incorporate probiotic foods 
it's a little bit tougher in my opinion to get probiotics um so that's like your yogurt miso is great tempeh kimchi and sauerkraut are just examples of some probiotics I do think, I mean, yogurt, in my opinion, um, I'm not lactose intolerant or anything, but yogurt's pretty easy to get in, but we really don't eat a ton of miso or tempeh, um, definitely not eating sauerkraut. So um, I choose to take a probiotic and then I add the prebiotic foods in. Um, So that's just how I personally do it. Um, But I highly recommend trying to add a a good variety of both of those food Um, but just our gut and our digestive system affects so many functions and pathways in our bodies. We just really need that healthy, uh, microbiome to see that, that healthy hormone regulation. Um, but that was probably a shorter podcast there, but just four tips. And, um, I listed off a bunch of foods to incorporate, um, into your diet. Hopefully that was pretty helpful, um, if you have any questions on this topic, I would love to to hear your questions. You can message me on any social media or email me in the description below. But whenever you're trying to improve anything on your diet or honestly just change anything, I highly recommend just taking one thing at a time. So looking over my list. OK, so avocados, that's one thing that I listed instead of, you know, looking at this big list and saying, oh, my gosh, I have to change everything in my diet. Let's just start with avocados. Maybe we can add that into our breakfast or cut up some slices and put it on our sandwich or our salad at lunch. When that maybe comes a little bit more, um, you know, a habit or it becomes easier to do, maybe let's add in some fatty fish once a week or twice a week um, and see how that goes. So you definitely don't have to do like an all or nothing. This is not a diet. These are just foods to start incorporating into your day to day Um, And over time, it will just become your natural diet. So again, I hope this was helpful. Um, Thanks again so much for listening. And until the next podcast, I hope you all have such a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Your support means more than you know. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a kind review, subscribe to this podcast, as well as share this on your social media with a screenshot. I am blessed to have this opportunity to connect with individuals like you and hopefully bring you some happiness today. You are the reason authentic health is possible. I value all of you so much. If you'd like to get to know me a little bit more, you can find me on Instagram at Lacey underscore Authentic Health, as well as my website listed in the description below. So thank you again. And until the next episode, let's chase our best selves and make it a great day.